Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading 2 Kings chapter 22 from the World English Bible. Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jedidah, the daughter of Adaiah of Bozkath. He did that which was right in Yahweh's eyes and walked in all the way of David his father and didn't turn away to the right hand or to the left. In the eighteenth year of King Josiah, the king sent Shaphan, the son of Azaliah, the son of Meshulam, the scribe, to Yahweh's house, saying, Go up to Hilkiah the high priest, that he may count the money which is brought into Yahweh's house, which the keepers of the threshold have gathered of the people. Let them deliver it into the hand of the workmen who have the oversight of Yahweh's house, and let them give it to the workmen who are in Yahweh's house to repair the damage to the house, to the carpenters and to the builders and to the masons, and for buying timber and cut stone to repair the house. However, there was no accounting made with them of the money that was delivered into their hand, for they dealt faithfully. Hilkiah the high priest said to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in Yahweh's house. Hilkiah delivered the book to Shaphan, and he read it. Shaphan the scribe came to the king and brought the king word again and said, Your servants have emptied out the money that was found in the house and have delivered it into the hands of the workmen who have the oversight of Yahweh's house. Shaphan the scribe told the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest has delivered a book to me. Then Shaphan read it before the king. When the king had heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes. The king commanded Hilkiah the priest, Ahikam the son of Shaphan, Akbor the son of Micaiah, Shaphan the scribe, and Ahaziah the king's servant, saying, Go inquire of Yahweh for me and for the people and for all Judah concerning the words of this book that is found. For great is Yahweh's wrath that is kindled against us, because our fathers have not listened to the words of this book, to do according to all that which is written concerning us. So Hilkiah the priest, Ahikam, Akbor, Shaphan, and Ahaziah went to Huldah the prophetess, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tikva, the son of Harhas, keeper of the wardrobe. Now she lived in Jerusalem in the second quarter, and they talked with her. She said to them, Yahweh the God of Israel says, Tell the man who sent you to me. Yahweh says, Behold, I will bring evil on this place and on its inhabitants, even all the words of the book which the king of Judah has read, because they have forsaken me and have burned incense to other gods, that they might provoke me to anger with all the work of their hands. Therefore my wrath shall be kindled against this place, and it will not be quenched. But to the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of Yahweh, tell him, Yahweh the God of Israel says, Concerning the words which you have heard, 
because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before Yahweh when you heard what I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants, that they should become a desolation and a curse, and have torn your clothes and wept before me? I also have heard you, says Yahweh. Therefore, behold, I will gather you to your fathers, and you will be gathered to your grave in peace. Your eyes will not see all the evil which I will bring on this place. So they brought this message back to the king. That is the end of chapter 22. Thirty-one years of reigning as king is not a super long reign, but it's not particularly short. However, the math tells us that Josiah only lived to be 39 years old, so he did have a comparatively short life. Here, for some reason, I was particularly noticing how many women were honored by being mentioned by name as the king's mother. While it was the male line of David that the promise of the throne followed, that didn't mean that the mothers didn't matter. Josiah is the only king besides Hezekiah who walked in all the way of David. Others followed Yahweh, but not with the same level of dedication. It is an interesting distinction because those other kings are spoken of positively and clearly blessed because of following Yahweh, accepted by him, yet there was something more they could have done to be more fully honoring Yahweh in their role as king. For instance, the high places are usually mentioned as an indication that the kings did not lead the people to worship only Yahweh, but let the inappropriate or idol worship continue unchallenged. Saying such does not mean I am advocating a theocracy. The way the gospel is presented by all of the apostles has a complete lack of application to looking for attaining governmental power. That is, there is nothing about the gospel that even hints at it being the goal of the church to rule via worldly governments. The only mention, in fact, urges followers of Christ to, to interact in peace with worldly authorities as much as possible. That could be a much longer discussion in and of itself, but my point here is that the church is distinct from worldly government, whereas Israel, as a chosen people with God's law, were a unique nation to be governed by God's law in order to lead all of the world to the knowledge of God's perfect justice and offer of mercy. So in the setting of Israel, the deeper level of following has implications for the nation, but it begins in the heart of each individual king. Since the gospel is presented as an individual opportunity for faith in Yahweh, what I find myself asking is, what does completely following Yahweh look like for me today? As also seen with the kings, it doesn't seem to be a matter of salvation. We only have to repent in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. See what Peter says in Acts 2, verse 38. Even throughout the epistles, we are warned, encouraged, taught to seek God more fully as people who are already saved. We are told, encouraged to love him with our whole being, which seems to also lead to loving your neighbor as yourself. Some would call it sanctification, but that is not a common word and not easily understood by most people. I'm pretty sure that I'm like Josiah in that I am always learning better what Yahweh means by really loving him. Like in verse 3, when Josiah is 26 years old, he's already worshiping Yahweh, but he's lacking some important knowledge and direction because, can you imagine, they had lost the book of the law. 
but because they were seeking God, they found it. And he responded, Josiah responded in humility to the new lessons. Now, again, we are not under the law. We are saved by grace. But I pray for myself and for others that we come to more fully comprehend and apply the spirit of the law, as mentioned in Romans 7.6, Romans 8.2, and Galatians 5.18. This is not a matter of religious legalism or empty ritualism of any sort, but learning that which honors Yahweh gives us the kind of fellowship with him that he obviously desires and creates the relationships with other people that foster truth and love. Now let's take a moment to consider Huldah. It is peculiar that the high priest, as Hilkiah as described in verse 4, and these other ranking men do not even seem to know that they can, that it's part of the high priest's function to inquire of Yahweh, It's like they still don't understand, and maybe Hilkiah hadn't read the book of the law himself yet. It doesn't say that he did. But they did know of Hulda. That means she had a reputation of speaking for God, and God spoke through her again. And she didn't just tell them, go ask God this way. God used an established, respected prophetess to send word to the king. She didn't mince words or apologize for being a woman speaking for God. Why her? Why not a man this time? It doesn't say, but whatever the reason, it should encourage all Christian women to boldly proclaim the gospel. This does not have anything to do with eldership in the church. It simply has to do with speaking God's word to anyone who will stand still long enough to listen. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today but not the end of our journey.